0: what's poppin welcome to your health class the show about helping you lose fat ditch your comfort zone and then we're gonna change your generation i'm trevor health and nutrition coach and today we're gonna talk about how you don't actually have to cut your favorite foods and adopt some super restrictive mindset in order to be healthy but before that cue that intro i took my tumor shot this morning so i'm feeling pretty swell I've been focused on my health I've been tossing hundred dollar But I wish I'm gross Limots in the windows, baby I can't kiss and sell. Passive in my head But it's not negative Spewing on your track Please keep your sentiments Cause I don't need the energy You're giving off suddenly. Maybe I should let them in This shit is my medicine Alright guys, thanks for being here I really appreciate you all And if you like this episode Please help this movement keep growing Cause that's what At the root of this, it's all about. It's creating a movement. Because for too long, this information was not available. And through marketing, through culture, all this stuff, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And it's time to change that. And that's one person at a time sharing this message. Then we can make a change. So if you like this, make sure to share it with just one person. But now... For today's show. So every week on Instagram, I post like my weekly progress pick from the 75 hard, kind of what's been going through my mind that week. And I asked the other last week, what what books you guys are reading? And somebody commented, Rob to be exact. Thank you for the comment, Rob. But you commented the longevity paradox by Dr. Gundry. It's like, that's a really good one. Cause I really enjoyed that book and then he commented back turns out I can't eat anything I like and he, he has a good point Dr. Gundry and Dr. Perlmutter for instance who wrote Grain Brain and Brain Maker they both write with tons of information these are just two authors that come to mind by the way <laughs> They write with tons of information, and a lot of it is about some of the negative foods that are affecting our bodies. So this could be gluten. Like, gluten's a huge one, especially for our gut health and our brain health. But Also, vegetable oils are one to be careful of. Soy, and then other things that are causing allergies. The problem is, is Many of like our favorite foods are made from these. And so you're reading these books and it's tons of great information. You're like, yes, let's do it. I can't wait to get after it. But then you realize, what do I even eat now? And I don't want to give up my favorite food. I don't want to give up pizza. I don't want to give up ice cream. I don't want to give up all the foods that make me happy. But it doesn't have to be that way. And that's what we're going to get into today. today because oftentimes we see diet and diet culture is very restrictive and it's about changing that mindset into taking that freedom back and then how we actually do this. What are the steps? Because the thing is, is what this restrictive diet culture makes me think of is when my parents gave me a curfew. I don't know if you guys had a curfew growing up, but I definitely did. And here's the thing. I don't do well with people telling me what to do and having restrictions like that. So the second I had a curfew, all I wanted to do was stay out past curfew, past 10 (laughs) o'clock. Then, next thing you know, I move out of the house. I move out on my own. And... It's really not too often I'm actually out past 10 o'clock. The thing is, though, is when that curfew was on me, that's all I wanted to do was break that. I just did not want to have a curfew. And the same thing happens when you're dieting. Say, if you say, I want no more pizza, I'm never going to touch tacos again, I'm never going to do this, that, or another thing. The very next thing you're going to want is exactly what you just said. You're going to want that pizza. You're going to want those tacos. You're going to want that burger. And be, and this is really just from telling yourself, putting these restrictions on yourself. And your brain is just, no, I don't want to do that. And we see this time and time again in diet culture. Because what's the normal process that we see as far as a diet goes? Step one. You decide to start a new diet. Step two. A couple weeks go by. You're seeing some results. Things are going okay. Step three. Two or three more weeks go by. The results are slowing down. And then give it just a couple more days after that. Those results are slowing down. Next thing you're, next thing you're thinking is, I really miss that pizza. Ooh, I haven't had ice cream in a while. My friend just invited me out to Chinese food. I really want to go. And so now you're at this point where it's like, okay, but I can't have those things. How long are you realistically going to be able to tell yourself, I can't have those? Because what generally happens is you hit that point and you can push it off. You can use willpower to push it off, push it off. But then it doesn't work anymore. And then you give up. And then the second you make that one cheat. Or that one cheat meal or whatever. You fall off track. I know I did. <laughs> this is comp- from complete personal experience right here. And it's, and then next thing you know, a couple more months goes by. The diet is completely gone. And then you see a new fad diet to try. And then we repeat the process over and over. And if you look at social media, you look at what's normal right now for dieting, it's adopting a super restrictive mindset like keto. Don't get me wrong. I love keto. I think it's really powerful and has a lot of great uses. But do I think everybody should be doing it? No. Do I think it's a great place for everybody to start? No. Is it a great place for some people to start? Yes. It really depends on who you are, whether, A, you're okay with that restriction, because most people aren't. Like Most people are probably more like me, and you get that restriction on you, and it's like, okay, now that's exactly the one thing I want to go to. So how do we change this? Because this diet culture that we have right now is not set up for you to win. It's not set up. To just pick up right where you're at right now and go for it. Because keto, carnivore, vegan, vegetarian, all these different diets, they all have their merits. They they can all be good, but the thing is, is finding what's going to work for you. And oftentimes, starting with a really restrictive diet like this, is not going to be your best bet, just because it's going to be too much too soon. And it's like trying to ride a motorcycle before you know how to ride a bike. (laughs) Okay, so where's a better place to start? And what's funny about this is it's kind of the exact opposite thing that we talked about last week. Last week, I talked about just jumping into the deep end of the swimming pool and going for it, like setting a certain amount of time, just going for it. But that's not always the best strategy. I was trying to make that clear in that episode. But if you're just trying to get yourself outside of your comfort zone and just picking one task and just going for it, that's a great way to go. But more often than not with dieting, the best thing you can do is starting small. So what does this look like? I recommend two strategies here. First one is what I use with Most of my clients actually. By far one of the simplest ways to get going. And it's just picking one meal. And meal prepping it. And when you start with that one meal. It can grow from there. Because this is going to get your body. This is going to get your body good nutrients. Get you started in the right direction. And then it's about adding stuff. Rather than placing restrictions. So you're adding in one good meal. And then. What's great about it is I would start with like breakfast or dinner or not breakfast or dinner, breakfast or lunch, because these meals are pretty simple, easy to start with, easy to meal prep. And then you're starting your day off with some better nutrition. And gets the ball rolling in the right direction. And then from there, that's when you can up things. So say you spend two, three, four weeks meal prepping that one meal. You got it down. It's just Second nature to you now, then boom, what you do is you add in another meal. So now instead of doing just breakfast or just lunch, you do breakfast and lunch or lunch and a snack or go to dinner. All these different things are going to be places to start just to get the ball moving in the right direction. And then notice we didn't take anything off the table. We didn't say you couldn't have that pizza for dinner. We didn't say you couldn't have that Chinese food for dinner. Like None of that was off the table. All we're doing is adding something in. And so at no point are you going to feel restricted. But the power comes in is that you're slowly using this good food, allowing your body to get used to it, adjust your taste buds, because that's a big part of it, is adjusting your taste buds. And that's going to allow you to almost not even notice all the bad foods disappearing. And this kind of leads into the second one. You could use these things together or you can do them separate. Honestly, the second one is pretty much the main thing I used for my entire health journey without even realizing it. And that's just because I listened to tons of podcasts and it just gave me idea after idea. So every one to two weeks, pick one new healthy food and add that to your diet. So, the way this looked in my life was I started off and I just added protein shakes in. Okay. Nothing too big there. Was not hard at all. And then a couple of weeks went by and I added berries in. Again, I actually really enjoyed the berries. Some berries and yogurt. It was super easy snack. I guess you could almost put that in like the meal prep category. But that's besides the point. <laughs> So we added some berries in. A couple more weeks later, I added some dark chocolate in. And I've never been a chocolate person. I'm just going to be honest with you. My parents used to make fun of me as a kid because I was just never into chocolate. But I listened to a podcast about all the freaking health benefits there are to chocolate. And I was like, okay, maybe maybe I can find a way to get on board with this. So I started off with just having one or two pieces a day of I think it was 60%. I don't even think that's dark chocolate. But just to get my, my taste buds used to it. And then week after week, i up it to 70% to 80%. And now the normal chocolate I eat is like 85%. And it's freaking delicious. If you were to ask me at the beginning of all this, I would have said it tasted like dirt. But the thing is, is your taste buds change? And especially... As you start to crowd out some of the sugar and the vegetable oils, especially when you have vegetable oils paired with sugar or processed carbs, it creates almost like a super sensation in the body. And it's just awful for your taste buds. It really gets your body, your taste buds used to this extreme. It's actually a good topic that we should talk about on another podcast, but The thing is, is as these things start getting crowded out, your taste buds start changing. And so you start enjoying things like the bitter taste more. It doesn't just taste like dirt. And then I started adding in coffee. And then I started enjoying the taste of coffee. And so you see how this goes is you're just adding in one or two things at a time. You're never really going too crazy, but it's just slowly but surely pushing you outside that comfort zone. It doesn't seem big. If you do this over a year, and you're just slowly but surely adding in new foods, you don't even realize how much change is going to happen. And it's awesome. And the thing is, you won't know everything when you start. This is what is really funny looking back on now, this is when I first started, I only really cared about protein. I was trying to put on some weight, trying to get stronger, so I cared about protein. And so I added in five eggs a day. That was like one of the first meals I added in or replaced was my lunch. I replaced it with five eggs. After that, the next one I did was switching out my afternoon stack with this ginormous sandwich I'd make. It was not healthy. It was a lunch meats on there. It was processed, or not processed cheese. Actually, it was sometimes processed cheese, <laughs> like craft Singles. It was the processed mayo on there. No, it wasn't good for me. But the thing is, is I was trying. And then the more I learned, the more switches I made. So I eventually switched the bread for sourdough. And then I eventually realized the lunch meat wasn't good. So I started making my own meat. And then that eventually evolved into me eating rice bowls all the time because I replaced the bread essentially for rice. I place the meat for some ground meat that was much better quality and all these changes happen over time so it's not about getting it perfect right when you start it's about just being committed to push yourself just a little bit farther each time you think you hit a each time you think you hit a stride just keep learning and guess what you'll find new combos and new things because the goal here is starting small it's just getting going Start building that habit. And over time, you're just slowly going to start to feel better and better. And then it's almost addicting because you're like, how much better could I feel if I were to add in, let's say, more berries rather than having that ice cream at night? But what's really powerful about not taking your favorite foods off the table is you're not ever restricted. And when you have this mindset of continually adding in more and more healthy foods and different variations, you're never, you don't feel restricted because the thing is, is like we were talking about a minute ago, you start overcrowding and pushing out some of the bad foods naturally. So a normal week for me would look like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like throughout the week. I'm eating really good. I'm not even, at this point, I don't even think about it. But when I was on my journey and really trying to find a diet that worked for me, I was doing my best Monday through Friday, pushing out all those bad foods. And then say Friday, my friends invited me out and we're going to go get Chinese food Saturday. So what would I do? I'd eat my good, my good meals for breakfast and lunch, have some good snacks, some healthy stuff. And then I didn't even feel bad about it when I had Chinese food that Saturday night. And then come Sunday, it's like, I don't even want any more of that. I really like the way I feel not having that in my body. Because that'll be a huge change that happens too. Is that you won't even have to give up these bad foods. It's just you know when you have them, you're going to feel like crap afterwards. And when you feel like crap, it naturally motivates you. Did not eat them all the time. Because right now you don't know how good you can actually feel. You have no idea until you hit this point. Where you've crowded out all these bad foods for long enough. That you just feel absolutely amazing. And then even the thought of some of these bad foods is just like no thank you. I can pass on that. <laughs> and that's what this is about is making these slow changes over time because that's what's going to make the biggest difference. So the last thing I want to touch on is where is the place or when is the time for restriction? Because like we talked about earlier, Grain Brain, The Longevity Paradox, these books have a lot of really, really good information of the foods that are harming you. And the foods you need to be careful of. So where does this fit into everything? And I think learning this stuff is extremely powerful because it motivates you to keep going and keep trying new foods. But it also helps you understand the foods that can damage your metabolism. Because when your metabolism becomes damaged, for instance, vegetable oils, your body can't process them properly. Gluten really damages your gut, your brain, and foods you're allergic to can cause a lot of complications in your health. So all these things are things at some point you should be wary of, and when you start facing more complicated problems, more complicated health problems, that's where you might need to take a more restrictive approach. Most people don't need that. Most people just need to get going in the right direction. But say you get going in the right direction and you're doing this for four or five, six months and still not seeing results, that's a point you might need a complete reset. But again, this isn't most people. But for most people, just understanding these foods and slowly moving away from them, not in a restrictive way crowding them out with all these good foods, because that way you're keeping your actual freedom. You're not having to give up anything per se. You're just eating more of the good stuff and naturally you'll eat less of the bad stuff. It can be really powerful to learn all these negative things because then it keeps motivating you to actually learn what foods you should be having in your body. And so that's an essence of how I approach Changing your diet. Focus on the freedom, less on the restriction. Might just be me. My parents know this. I don't do too well with people telling me what to do. (laughs) I don't do well with tight restrictions. The more freedom I can give myself, the better. And so if you're like that, if you need that freedom, and for instance, a strict diet is just really hard for you to stick with, a really important skill that you learn from reading books like Grain Brain and Longevity Paradox is how to look past the actual health marketing. Is if you look at healthy food, our quote unquote healthy food, is oftentimes it's not actually healthy. And that's the problem, is they'll contain things like Vegetable oils and processed sugars and all that. But the thing is, is they're marketed as healthy. And so if you don't read books like this and truly understand what is and what isn't healthy, you could be quote-unquote doing all the right things and really making changes, but nothing's happening. But that could be because you're being lied to about what was good and what was not. And it's something we need to be aware of because the marketing right now, It's tricky. It makes being healthy harder than ever, to be honest, because it's not straightforward. With all the marketing that's out there, you got to be able to look past, look at the ingredients, look where your food's coming from, to understand that as you're adding in these healthy foods, which ones are actually healthy and which ones are not. Guys, if your goal is to lose fat, Being able to take this freedom approach to dieting is going to be so much more powerful. And if you want to do this, it just comes down to either picking one meal to start with and meal prepping it, or one meal a day where you're consciously making healthy choices. Adding a food in every one to two weeks, that's healthier. And over time, this small change adds up and starts overcrowding these bad foods, and that's this little act of getting out of your comfort zone is what's completely transform your health. And that is how we change our generation, one person at a time. So if you like this, make sure to share this with somebody. This is a great strategy for taking back that food freedom. And that way, you don't have FOMO with food. <laughs> you don't have the fear of missing out on all your favorite foods because guess what, you're not restricted. And that's what's amazing. And that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate all of you. And I'll talk to you Thursday. We have an awesome interview coming for you. Until then, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.